when I was about 10 years old, I remember being forced to play soccer, a sport I never enjoyed playing, even at my current age of 19. I was out on the front lawn with my father and two brothers. The grass was green and the weather was nice for a Saturday. Warm weather with a hint of breeze. We lived on the east side of Des Moines in a low-income household. When we played outside, my brothers and I were accustomed to wearing oversized shirts, long shorts, and soccer cleats to run on the grass. I always hated wearing cleats. While the guys in my family enjoyed playing soccer, I was sitting on the porch stairs. My father scolded me for not playing or being active like my brothers. Feeling bad, I got up and played like he told me to. I never liked playing soccer due to the fear of getting hurt, and that I usually did. That day, I vividly remember taking a strong kick to my shin and getting injured. My father and brothers shrugged it off, but I clearly remember how the rest of my day was ruined. I also remember a separate instance where one day I came home from school and told my mother that I liked how my outfit flowed in the wind. I wore an unbuttoned flannel, a white shirt, and blue jeans. I remember hearing her say something along the lines of, Jesus, stop with that. Get that out of your head. This will forever stick with me. I didn't understand why I was being scolded for simply showing her my outfit. Did she not like the colors? Did they not match? Were my shoes dirty? Years later, I realized she was talking about how my movements came off as feminine, which in no way would be approved. I remember gliding back and forth in the kitchen, showing her my outfit, pretending I was on a modeling runway, only at the age of eight. The fear of her son coming off as feminine had little to do with me specifically, and more to do with her fear being rooted in a toxic standard for Latino men, and men in general, have oppressed themselves into. Imagine a child not being able to express confidence in the clothing they are wearing. I was that child getting scolded over and over again for not living up to the standards of others. Today, I ask myself, what does it mean to be a man? Where do the principles of manhood come from? What social factors reinforce the idea that many have on what it means to be manly? The lack of fear of asking questions like these is what feeds a hopeless society looking to raise a generation of young boys into men without discovering what it truly means to be a man. For centuries, masculinity has been defined by certain factors that isolate any male that does not fit into the social construction of masculinity. There comes a point where masculinity can be so exclusive that it becomes toxic. This is when the topic of masculinity becomes a danger zone for many males who do not know how to approach the topic. 
Aside from the broad topic of masculinity, each time period and culture expresses masculinity differently, meaning there may be different interpretations and resistances to true masculinity. In this episode, we are going to dive in to what we think masculinity is, why we think the way we do about it, and more specifically, how the Latino community approaches this topic. Well, one of the problems is that lack of clarity. It's hard to know how to be masculine. And the few markers, provider, protector, tough, the few markers that we have, you know, without relationship with an older male or with a group of males, they become ghosts, you know, or demons that could hunt us in their efforts to be masculine. So I think the American Psychological Association about 10 years ago declared that working with men, and much worse so Latino men, is an area of speciality because men are in crisis. Masculinity is in crisis, and certainly for the Latino man. That was licensed psychotherapist Dr. Carlos Canales. I invited him to speak to me over his work on masculinity and its relation to all men's issues. It is or they are traits that, again, males uh, will display because they feel that they have to live to those stereotypes, to those uh, traits. And they can range anything from, you know, what I consider, you know, the ability or the lack of, a, of ability to recognize that, you know, that you have feelings, that, you know, that you have to be tough, um, you have to carry yourself a specific way or act a specific way. And that was Multicultural and Community Outreach Director and International Student Advisor Alex Piedras at Grandview University. Piedras will also guide us through the tricky conversation of toxic masculinity, along with some experiences that Latino men will go through regarding this topic. In order to discuss masculinity, we need to know what makes it quote-unquote toxic. Now, in the Latino community, because we're, um, I would argue, a good number of us have uh, migrated from our home countries, we've let go of a particular code of behavior. And then we have established families here in the U.S., and we're trying to adapt to a new culture. Not cause trouble, adapt. And so a lot of parents work super hard to make that adaptation for their families. And their kids get less of a model of how to be a male. They don't get it from their home countries, and they don't get it from here. So we try to blend in the more. So it's more toxic to not know your own identity and to try to blend in and fake it, whatever masculine I'm going to be. Canales argues that Latinos, and more specifically Latino immigrants in the U.S., suffer from not knowing their true identity and masculinity due to a lack of nurturing. This may have future implications that may have not been accounted for when raising young men in toxicity. I grew up thinking that I needed to always assert dominance. I thought of being dominant in my friend groups, in my personal and professional relationships in every way possible. When I got around my sophomore year in high school, I realized I didn't want to be someone I wasn't. 
I was only able to realize this when I saw that the quote-unquote masculine identity started to negatively build up inside of me. I felt more closed off from family, friends, my education, and started to neglect my mental health. I remember having a conversation with my brother about the negative standard with men and their masculinity. He argues that the type of masculinity we see in men, in this case Latino men, is simply nature, an inevitable and complex force. I, on the other hand, argue and continue to argue that many males, especially in Latino households, are conditioned to believe that they must live up to a certain idea of masculinity, which in most cases may consist of unhealthy and unrealistic standards. Speaking masculinity and femininity with my brother can sometimes get heated. So I try my best to dismiss ignorance since I do acknowledge that he too has been raised with his own mindset, just as I have mine. I do not blame my parents or the way that I was raised completely. But when we are dealing with immigrant parents who have their own definition of masculinity in Latino culture, it can be hard coming to a different country and having to learn to adapt to everyone else's idea of masculinity. Obviously, you get to a point where um, I think that if you develop any kind of connections or, or relationships, you know, you do have a warped sense of, uh, you know, how you have to carry yourself around them. You know, you have to be dominant. You have to, you know, uh, uh, kind of like in a way be in charge and, and into a, in a way, in a way almost controlling. So, so that's why I think that those things manifest in a very negative way uh, among Latinos. Growing up, I received a lot of criticism from classmates, friends, and even family members for having characteristics and a strong appeal to what would be considered quote-unquote feminine. Things such as having a higher-pitched voice or having a quote-unquote soft heart. From walking to talking, acting differently in comparison to other boys at school or church, I was constantly reminded that I needed to be the opposite of who I was. In this case, it would mean to adapt to what is seen as masculine traits, such as dominance, a deeper voice, showing less feelings, and so on and so forth. It is these exact things that make young boys and men have a distorted idea of who they are for themselves and others. There is no way to avoid, and we cannot deny, that this may be an ongoing issue in the Latino community. Not only does this affect the ways that men carry among themselves, but also the relationships and interactions they have with other men and women. Uh, well, it, it definitely does affect you how you relate to others, especially females, right? Um, how it affects you relating to others is certainly there's kind of like a sense or urgency to compete with other males, you know what I mean? And to not only kind of compete uh, in every sense of the word, you know, trying to beat them at everything that you take on, but also to the point where you maybe start uh, belittling those that um, are not as, uh, as strong or as manly as, as they should be according to, to the traits that we hear. Aside from that, Toxic masculinity is mainly problematic for those who don't truly know who they are due to being blinded by a standard of who they should be. And then when we think of toxic, 
and masculine, like we're really thinking about a violent man or somebody who cannot control their anger. But, but I think the biggest toxicity is this disconnection from their identity, from who they are in their own bodies. A total disconnection of identity is something that many Latino men may struggle with. We can't ignore that it is a prominent issue amongst men in our society. Piedras explains what a possible solution for this crisis may be. I guess the exposure, the education to realize where I was and where I wanted to be. And so, for example, again, I, I, I mentioned my, my dad who passed away this year, but um, my dad was was probably the, the, the true definition of, you know, um, you know, the trace of being a toxic male. <laughs> And, and I don't think he was, he was conscious. I think it was the way that he uh, was exposed to it and raised by his, by his dad, and probably his dad was raised like that by, my, by, his, by his dad and so on. You know, it's kind of like a vicious cycle. The problem with breaking the vicious cycle would be that just like many other ethnicities and cultures, it would be hard for Latinos to break away from a set standard that has been placed for many generations. This, in a way, can be identified as assimilation. Whether this be through adapting gender roles, mannerisms, education, and professions, it is all mostly ways that Latino men have been conditioned to live their life. So the more education I got, the more I got into the feminine, right? Like into the, I guess I, I had a lack of company from my Latino brothers and sisters into what I was doing. When I finished college, my parents said, well, we expect you to get married and have children, right? We want grandchildren. Why would you sign up for five more years or six more years for a doctorate? Doesn't make sense. I told them it was psychology. They said, well, that's a waste of time. You should at least go for psychiatry or medicine, then, then you will make the bucks and you will be the provider. Looking into the future, Latino men and men in general must strive for upbringings different than what their fathers may have negatively brought them up with. Breaking the cycle begins with recognizing wrong and taking action for radical change. Years later and into my college career, I'm finally learning to adapt to a healthy mindset in expressing my masculinity. Sure, it is absolutely different than what my grandfather and father grew up with, but I am learning to embrace all aspects of my masculinity. My impactful experiences as a child regarding clothing led me to despise anything that was not considered masculine. It was only until a couple months ago in college that I decided to start wearing clothing based on what my heart desired, not based on what my parents think, not masculinity as a social construction. Just me and clothing. <laughs> if I want to unbutton my flannel, I'll unbutton my flannel. If I want to tuck my t-shirt into my fitted jeans, I'll do it. It serves as a homage for a missed opportunity of being able to express myself as a child, a significant factor in identity. I'm still learning to express my masculinity, but the thought of exploring myself in this area would have never crossed my mind through middle or high school. 
I'm finally taking my first steps into the man I want to become. And as for soccer, well, I still dislike it to this day, but that has nothing to do with how much of a man I am. I've grown in mindset. I've gone from thinking that every little Mexican boy should like soccer and that there's something wrong with me for not liking it, to acknowledging and accepting that soccer, sports, or anything for that matter, cannot determine how masculine I am. I think we deserve lots of explorations into the masculine and the intellectual, the masculine and the emotional, the masculine and the sexual, the masculine and conversations with the feminine, right? The masculine and the spiritual. Expressing and digging deep into my masculinity differently than what my culture taught me may require to let go of misogyny, homophobia, and more things we could consider toxic. Through my college career and personal life, I am learning to let go of certain mindsets that impact my everyday personal and social life. I love my culture, but sometimes love requires you to look within and identify areas of improvement. Latino culture taught me many great things, like to be a hardworking man, but this does not mean that I will neglect my mental health and impede me from being an overall good human being. Right, and so, and part of your identity is the knowing in your body how you think and feel, and what, you know, how to honor your ancestors, right? And, and how to challenge culture with the way you are. The day I have children of my own will be the day I gain real life experience in dismantling toxic masculinity, whether that be consciously or subconsciously, within me, and starting within me. And, and no one is perfect, right? It's a process, just like with everything else. We are talking about many of our males or males or men in our cultures uh, have been taught this or trained this way for centuries. Centuries, I mean it, you know, I mean, and so to dismantle that system, it takes time too. And, and it takes, you know, like some, some days you take a step forward and maybe 10 back, but as long as you are still trying to move forward, I think that you'll, you can get there.